Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. If you were here last week, you will know that Pastor Ben um, started our series, our brand new series, uh, Song of Ascents. Uh, Song of Ascent. And, and this is kind of based off of uh, the theme for this year, 2021. Uh, Pastor Ben has declared that this is the year that we are on the rise, on the rise. So Song of Ascent is a group of scriptures uh, from the book of Psalms. These are 15 Psalms or 15 songs. And, and we're going to look at this over the course of the next few weeks and, and, and kind of unpack a bit and, uh, and just see what God has for us. But um, I want to have a look uh, in particular today at the very first uh, psalm of the Song of Ascent, and uh, it is Psalm 120, Psalm 120. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, feel free to uh, check that out, otherwise you can have a look at the screen, and it says this, in my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you or what shall be done to you, you false tongue? Sharp arrows of the warrior with coals of the broom tree. Woe is me that I dwell in Meshach, that I dwell amongst the tents of Kedar. My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. I want to talk to you from the subject for a few moments, delivered from distress, delivered from distress. This is an unusual way to start a group of Psalms, uh, but I just want to have a look at a, a few things. And, and, and it's really, I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is just a reminder that wherever you are in your life at the moment, whatever you might be going through, whatever you are navigating through, I want you to know that uh, that place is not a permanent destination. It is a temporary place. When I say distress, the actual definition for distress is extreme anxiety. It is that sense of feeling overwhelmed, like you are drowning, like the walls are closing in, like sleep is fleeing from you, uh, like you're, panic, you, you're having regular panic attacks. It, it is this feeling of, of kind of losing control. And, and I don't know whether you kind of have moments like that, but I want you to know that even though you might be going through something like that, there is a God who knows and who sees and who hears your cries, and he wants you to know that that is not the place that you are to permanently stay, that this is a place that you are just passing through. So I want to have a look at this passage of Scripture and this subject, Delivered from Distress. If you're going to be delivered from distress, there are some key things I think this Scripture tells us about um, that God will deliver us out of, and, uh, and I want to have a look at how he does that. So the very first thing I want you to know, if we are to be delivered from distress, extreme anxiety, affliction, adversity, all of that sort of stuff, is that the very first thing we need to do is we need to start with God. We need to start with God. 
verse 1 of this psalm says, In my distress, in my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. This um, psalm is peculiar because it is a psalm that they would sing, these, these songs, 15 psalms. They would sing this as they pilgrimage, uh, as they pilgrim up to, uh, to Jerusalem. So three times a year, the, uh, the nation of Israel would come together. They would gather together and they would go up to Jerusalem. And there was a point in their journey that uh, because Jerusalem was set on a hill, so regardless of where you lived, where you were coming from, the last leg of your journey, everyone had to climb up. And as they did that, uh, they sung these songs. And Song of Ascents is also known as the Song of Degrees. It is a journey to a higher place. Jerusalem uh, is also, the, the word Jerusalem actually means place of teaching peace. Salem means peace. If you were to go to the Middle East, all around, you will hear that word. It's maybe said a little bit differently. The Arabs say, Hasalam uh, Aleikum. They say, Salam. It's the word peace. Uh, the Persians say, Salam Soboche. Uh, the Jews in Hebrew, they say, Shalom. But all of that means the same thing. It is Salem. It is the word peace. So everyone, three times a year, were journeying and gathering to a place of peace. And this place was set up high on a hill. And so for every single one of us, regardless of what you are going through, our journey starts with God. Our journey starts with God. If we are to be delivered from a place of distress, and I understand that, you know, today, you, you, it's not really all that obvious. Uh, you know, you look at some people and they look fine. Uh, they look, you know, like they've got it all together. If you scroll through their social media feeds uh, and it shows all their highlights, they look like they're probably doing okay. But the reality is that behind closed doors, they are fighting battles that we have no idea about. That for some people, they are just struggling to keep it all together. But I want you to know that there is a God who sees past all of that. That the omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God, the ever-seeing, ever-knowing, everlasting God, He knows what you are going through. He knows who hurt you. He knows who betrayed you. He knows who cheated on you. He knows who left you. He knows who's gossiping about you. He knows all of those things. So the very first part in our journey is that we start with God. We start with the one who sees and knows it all. I've said this before, but um, the reality is sometimes God is a last resort instead of our first priority. But the psalmist is telling us here that at the very first part on our journey, let God be the first thing. If, if our life is like a vehicle, God has to be the steering wheel. He cannot be the spare tire. He cannot be the thing that I just carry around and when I have a breakdown, that's when I bring him out. No, 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 he is the thing, he is the thing that is right up front that guides and directs me in everything that I do and everywhere I go. God cannot be an optional extra, he has to be my first priority. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. He is the one that knows it all, hears it all, and sees it all. There is this... Um, 
In one of the old Superman films, there's a really powerful scene where uh, Superman is with uh, Lois Lane, the journalist, and they are high atop uh, this um, area overlooking the sleeping city of Metropolis at night. It's dark and there's only lights in, you know, areas and, and it's quiet. And Superman turns to Lois and he says, listen, what do you hear? And she looks at him and then looks back and she looks a little confused and she says, nothing. And he says, I hear everything. He tells her, you wrote that the world doesn't need a saviour, but I hear the cries of people for one every single day. God hears and God sees. And he doesn't just hear what's coming out of your mouth, he hears the cries of your heart. So we start with God. In this uh, leg of the journey, it is so important that we understand that if we are to start, then we start with God. It's interesting that the Song of Ascents are 15 psalms, 15. They are 15 songs, uh, Psalm 120 to 134. What's really interesting about that is that all psalms altogether, there are 150 psalms. So the Song of Ascents is a tithe of the entire psalms. It is 15 of 150. Now the tithe is God's portion. The tithe is what is rightfully God's. Uh, You know, we get paid, all of that sort of stuff. We pay our tithe, not because the church needs it, not because Pastor Ben tells us, we are giving God what is rightfully His. It is that first portion. Uh, we gather today to, for church on a Sunday because Sunday is the first day of the week. All of these principles and things are important because we are putting God first. When we wake up in the morning, although the temptation is to reach over the bedside and grab my phone and start scrolling my social media feeds, the first thing is that I devote my first part of that morning to God, knowing that he is the one that saw me through the night and he is the one that has woken me up this morning. It is putting first things first. Jesus said it this way, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, I will add everything else that you need. It is the principle of first things first. So these songs of ascent are actually worship to God that in that last portion, we are putting God first. And, and that can be hard sometimes because the last part of the journey is the hardest part. Um, I don't know uh, if you've kind of seen at a gym or maybe you've been on it. Uh, it's a piece of equipment that I absolutely detest. Uh, it's called the treadmill. And, uh, and so if you get on the treadmill, it sort of has this belt that sort of goes and, and you sort of can walk, power walk or run along it. But there is a function in that that will allow you to incline. As if running isn't hard enough, uh, they sort of make you go, you can if you want to, the machine will take you on an incline. And it's the worst part because how many of you know it's... Uh, you know, it's hard enough sometimes just walking on a flat surface, let alone on an incline. It's kind of like, you know, those annoying people that you might walk with or run with and they want to have a conversation uh, and you're struggling for air and they want to ask you questions 
and uh, those sort of annoying people. I'm just trying to get through this. I'm just trying to get home. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me any questions. I'm not going to answer. You know, uh, so the hardest part of the journey is that ascent. It is, it is the hardest part of the journey, but it is that place where the writer is telling us, start with God. Start with God. It's interesting also because geographically speaking, as I said earlier, Jerusalem was on a hill and it was in the southern part of Israel. And um, if we were to look at the, the place called Galilee, that region where Jesus himself grew up, that was kind of in the north. And so uh, three times a year, they would trek down uh, following the Jordan and they would trek down. And just before they would get to the Dead Sea, they would turn right and they would start their ascent. This is really, really significant because that area right there where the Dead Sea is, that is actually the lowest part on the earth. Uh, it is so many, you know, uh, meters below sea level. It is our lowest part. But that is actually the very part where we start our ascent up to Jerusalem. And so for some of us, and, and you're going through something and you're thinking, I'm at a low place right now, I want to tell you, it's not the end, it's just the beginning. That God wants you to continue to go up. That in this year, in 2021, it doesn't matter what's happened last year, 2020, doesn't matter what's happening around us, we understand we're kind of still in a pandemic and all of that, but it is in this place, in our lowest point, where it's easy to think, I'm going to settle here, I can't go any further. But this is the place where we continue to ascend. This is the place that we continue to ascend. And it's the place where we put God first. The second part of our deliverance from distress, the second part is that after we start with God, we stay in community. We stay in community. Hebrews 10 verse 23 and 25 says, let us hold tightly. Notice, let us, he's speaking to a group of people, hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now, that the day of his return is drawing near. You don't need a whole lot of spiritual discernment to understand that we are in that hour, that the return of Christ is, is, uh, is nearer than, than it ever could have been. Um, and it is in this time that the writer is saying, stay in community, stay in community. Here's the question I wanna ask you, how do you process your distress? How do you process your distress? When we're going through stuff, are you happy just to kind of process your pain and post it online? Uh, do, do you turn and medicate, you know, with some type of substance? Do you give that person, that friend with benefits a call and, you know, uh, talk about how lonely you are and, and what you need right now? However you process your stuff, the Bible is telling us here the importance of community, the importance of community. It is so easy, the reason why I ask how do you process your distress is because for so many people in that hour, that's actually when they disconnect and isolate. They disconnect and they isolate. 
whereas God has given us the church. We are his body because God is a community. God is a community, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I have to guard myself against this because I am constantly fighting against the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. The, the temptation to kind of just muscle up and do it all myself. And I don't need anyone else and I don't want to talk to anyone else. But God has created us for community. You see, when they traveled three times a year up to Jerusalem and when they sung this, they traveled in large caravans. They traveled in large groups, many, many families together. They understood the, the purpose of, well, if we're going to go, we're going to go together. We're, there's safety in numbers. We know this because the gospel writers tell us that that one time, uh, there was that one year where they were going up, Jesus' family, and he was only 12 years old, and his parents lost him. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this is hilarious because I can imagine the scene in heaven at someone like Michael or Gabriel saying, um, Father, they've lost your son. Um, yeah, the Messiah, the one they've been waiting thousands of years for. Yeah, Mary and Joseph have lost him. It was bad enough when he was born, they put him in a feeding trough. Now they've lost him. They've lost him. You know, who entrusts, uh, you know, God Almighty in the flesh to, they've lost him. So... We understand that it took them a day. They were heading back home and Mary and Joseph sort of looking around and realising that someone in their family is missing. And it's, it's easy to criticise, thinking, how can you miss a child for that long? But the truth is, Jesus is 12 at this stage. Mary had other children. She probably had young bub she was looking after. Jesus is probably a really good kid, quiet kid. He wasn't getting any trouble. So it wasn't kind of all that... Um, you know, unusual for him to be sort of missed in that. But they come back and after three days, you imagine that parents, you've lost your child for three days and it, there he is in the temple. But the point of all of that is that every time they traveled, they did so in community. That community is actually God's idea. Community is God's idea. So after we start with God and we stay in community, Here's the final thing. Stay the course. Stay the course. In Psalm 119, and this is the message translation, it says this. You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. That's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road, he said. You, God, prescribe the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set. Stay the course. They've traveled all that way, and they get to the foot of the, the, the mountain, and it's the hardest part in the journey, and it would have been easy to tap out and say, I can't. That is the very point that we are to stay the course. And I don't know what the first term of 2021 looked like for you. Maybe it was still kind of leftovers from 2020. But I want to tell you that you did not come this far for God to abandon you where you are. That there is more for you to receive. There is more for you to, to for, for that God has planned for you. That this is the moment that God has you for so that he can continue to take you higher. This is the point. 
but you've got to stay the course. Many years ago, a group of friends and I uh, climbed Mount Barney. I don't know whose idea that was. It definitely wasn't mine. Um, I'm not built for endurance. And, uh, and so, I don't know if, if, if you if you've sort of know anything about Mount Barney. It's apparently, it's one of the, um, the first points where you kind of see the sunrise. And so, because of the length of the trek and the difficulty, you, you've got to camp overnight near the foot of the mountain. And then you get up super early, ridiculous hours, and you start on this journey. And I remember, you know, most of the guys I was with were kind of regular, um, you know, hikers and doing all this sort of adventure stuff. I wasn't. And I remember struggling for most of the way. And then just kind of at one point, and it was near the end, um, I looked over and the last part, I don't know whether it's still like this or not, but the last part to get to the top is basically just a smooth wall like this with a rope. And so you've got to kind of climb, your, you've got to pull yourself up and climb up. And I looked at that thing and I thought, no chance. Uh, there's a bench there. And I thought, all right, guys, you guys go up the top. Tell me what it looks like. You know, I'm going to wait right here and I'll see you guys on the way back. I thought I was, I was tapped out. I was, I was saturated in sweat. And, um, and it, was, it was just dark and it was just slowly becoming light. So it was about right that time when sunrise hit. While I was there, just sort of relaxing, catching my breath, a mother walked past me and she had a backpack on with a toddler in her backpack. She had a child in her hand and I watched as she walked past me smiling and then navigated herself and two other human beings up this rope. And it was then I felt the Holy Spirit, I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or it was just me saying, get up for now. That's embarrassing. Um, and so she got up and then I waited and then I climbed myself up. I got myself up. And when I got up there, I couldn't believe it. It was absolutely breathtaking. I'd never seen anything so majestic in all my life. Just as I got up there and it was a clear day and you can see the sun just peeking up over the horizon. I want to tell you, for some of us that feel like the journey has been too hard, and you have settled and stopped at this place. Don't stay there. Keep climbing up. Keep going. Keep staying the course. Keep turning up. Regardless of everything that you have been through, regardless of how hard it was, regardless of all of those things, I want to tell you, it is going to be worth it when you get to the top. The place at the top is the place of peace. Jerusalem, it is the place of peace. It is the place where the Prince of Peace has called each one of us to be together in community, every single one of us. What's really, really powerful about this spot and, um, you know, this, this very site where, where uh, the people would gather three times a year is that centuries earlier, there was a man named Abraham and he was actually instructed by God to go to a place. God didn't even tell him where it was. And when he got to that place, he said, I want you to sacrifice your son, your son, your promised child, the one that you've waited 25 years for, I want you to sacrifice him. If you were to study that, you'd realize that Abraham has been traveling for three days 
He doesn't see anything. And then finally on the third day, the Bible says he looks in the distance and he sees a group of mountains and it's a place uh, called Moriah. And then at the foot of that mountain, he turns and he tells his servants, stay here, me and the boy are going up to worship. And then he and his son Isaac begin that trek. Do you know where they're going? It's actually the future site of the temple in Jerusalem. That the very site where every single other person, the first ascent, there was no song being sung. There was a question. The question while they were ascending came from his son and it said, Father, got the wood, got the fire. Where is the sacrifice? Where is the, 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 uh, the, the, the animal? Where, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham himself says, God himself will provide. God himself will provide. So that very first place, it was founded on an extremely difficult journey. And sometimes our journey is an extremely difficult one. But I want to tell you, God did not bring you all this way for you to settle where you are. Hebrews 12 says, as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectations onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. We run the race that has already been marked before us. Stay the course, regardless of how hard it gets. Stay the course. When I was reading Psalm 120 originally, I thought, I really don't like this Psalm because it kind of finishes and it sounds incomplete. Like the first verse says, in my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. But the last verse, verse seven says, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. And it sounds incomplete. And I just thought, it's kind of way is that to finish a psalm? You know, maybe it's Disney or, or Hollywood that sort of messed me up. I like, I was looking for my happily ever after. I wanted things to be uh, neatly tied up with a bow at the end. I wanted some sort of closure and finality. And then I realized that that's just the first Psalm, that there are actually 15. And by the end of it, Psalm 134, it says this, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. The Song of Ascent starts in a place of distress, but it actually ends in Zion. It actually ends in Jerusalem. It ends from that. And here's the thing. The writer is saying, bless you from Zion. Now that I'm here, I am imparting a blessing. Now that I've gotten to this place, I am now imparting a blessing to others. So I don't know who this is for, but I just want to tell you, stay the course, stay the course. Some people might be feeling like 
I'm kind of done. I don't really, you know, I'm not really feeling it, uh, what I'm going through and that. I want to tell you, stay the course. Despite discouragement, keep ascending. Despite depression, keep ascending. Despite anxiety, despite overwhelming, despite all of those things, keep ascending. Keep putting one foot in front of the other because there is a blessing that is waiting for you at the top of the mountain and the place of peace in the city of Zion. There is something that God has for you and it's not just for you, it's so that you can impart to others. There are others that are waiting and are needing for you to make it to where God is taking you to. Years ago, um, when I, uh, we were living in Brisbane and um, kind of every Saturday afternoon, I would go down to these certain basketball courts and uh, friends of our, and people would come from all around Brisbane to play. Uh, they had some of the best players and sometimes it was really hard to get a game on. And so what would often happen is that if you had your team of five, you would have to wait on the sideline and there would be two teams that were playing uh, on the court and whoever won, they got to stay on the court, but the losing team, they had to exit. And so when we got there, the question was always, who's next? Uh, who's got next? And there would often be other people waiting there. And so you just sort of waited in line. And then by the time it was your turn to get on there, you would get on and you would play to the very best of your ability because you would think, I've waited so long to get here. I don't want to exit quickly. I want to do the very best that I can. I feel like for every generation that has ever lived, that they have stepped onto the court, they have played their part, they have served their purpose. But now who's next is our generation. Now who's next is every single person that is alive today in this city, in this nation, in 2021. And as we step onto the court, God is looking to us to play our part to do the very best that we can to fulfill every purpose and plan that God has for us. We thank God for all the generations that have gone before us, but we need to stay on the court because there is a generation after us that is looking to us to play our part. Stay the course, keep ascending, start with God, stay in community, all of these things because God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us here at King's Church. And that is that in 2021, we will rise. Amen. Can I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes? And I wanna pray specifically for people that are going through a distressing situation right now. I may not know the details, but be guaranteed, know that God knows. And I want you to know that you are not on your own, that other people may not know, and that's okay, but I want you to know that God knows. And I wanna pray for you particularly. I wanna pray and ask the Holy Spirit would continue to minister to you long after this service ends, the lights go off and you go home and all of that. But I believe the Holy Spirit will continue to minister and speak to you. So if that's you, and you know that you are going through something right now and maybe not a whole lot of people know about it, can I just ask you to lift your hand? I want to pray specifically for you. This message was for you. Awesome. Wherever you are, there are hands going up everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray for every single person with their hand raised today, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that you see them, that you know exactly what they are going through, Lord. 
And Father, just like the writer of Psalm says, in my distress, I cried out to the Lord and He heard me. May they know, Lord God, that their cries have not fallen on deaf ears, but their cries, Lord God, have come to the very throne room of heaven. And so, Father, I just thank You right now. Let there be a release of Your peace, Lord God, to every single person. Let there be a release of Your solution. Let there be a release, Lord God, of every provision that they need. And as they continue to seek You, Lord God, I thank You that they will get to the place that You have called them to, that they will continue to rise, that they will continue to ascend, Lord God. And when they get to that place, Lord, I thank You that they will in turn not just be blessed themselves, but that they will turn around and impart a blessing onto others. I thank You for this in Jesus' Name. Can I just ask you to just remain with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and Maybe you're here and maybe you're invited by someone, but you've never actually made a commitment to follow Jesus yourself. Or maybe one time you did, but you've kind of moved away. Time and a whole bunch of issues have kind of caused you to drift away. But today, you don't know what it is and maybe something in the worship, maybe something in the conversation that you've had with someone, or maybe it's been something in the word that you've just heard is saying it's time to come back to Him today. Can I just ask if that's you, can I just ask you to bravely lift your hand? I want to pray for you as well. I don't want to miss the opportunity. It doesn't matter where you may have started. It is not the place where you are ending. Awesome. See that hand? You can put it down. Anyone else? Just lift your hand and I'd love to pray for you. Know that God sees you. He loves you. He knows every detail about what you're going through. Awesome. Father, I just thank you for that decision, Lord God, that has just been made. I thank you, Lord, that your promise is that all of heaven rejoices when one person returns to you. Father, I just thank you for every single person here today, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that on this day, as we honour others, Lord God, we honour you. We look to you and we thank you that you are our Father, you are our, our God, you are our Lord, you are our ever-present help in a time of trouble. We give you honour and worship today in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.